All right, so um, the mixer question today was, what do you want to do after church? All right, what do you want to do? Interesting question, right? Um, now, if you're a dolphin or a chimpanzee or a dog, if you're Togo or one of the dogs here, you know, you're not asking yourself that question. Hmm, what am I going to do after church today? Right? They're just, they're just running on instinct, man. They just, they've got these rules, that they're, this routine that they're running on, and they're awesome. They're great. Um, but they have this simple life where they don't have to ask these complex questions. But we, we have this privilege, right? You and me, made in the image of God, made in his image and likeness. We have that ability to choose, to envision what we could do today and beyond. We have this ability to imagine what that would be like and then to set plans and set our course to accomplish that and to become that. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's miraculous. I mean, wow. Just try to have nothing, start with absolutely nothing, and create a being like that. Only God could do that. So here we are thinking about what we want to do. Now, when I considered that question this week, I had a little, a little uh, few days on you to think about that. I was thinking about what do I want to do after church? Uh, my ideal scenario is playing something, um, soccer, you know, it could be anything, volleyball, you know, it could be anything. Playing together, Foursquare, we've done that together. And eating together. Like that combination, wow, let's play and uh, let's eat. That's the best. All right, so, but what I've found uh, doing church here for a while is that Wayne has to pick one or the other. There are limits. There are limits that I bump into, and the limits I run into after church is people can typically do one or the other. It's hard to do both. You know, we don't have infinite time. We have limits, um, all kinds of limits that we deal with, right? You know, we have this ability to choose and this freedom to choose, but we have limits. The contours of reality bump into us sometimes, right? The fabric of the way things are. Uh, we hit our head on it sometimes. All kinds of limits. We have financial limits. We have time limits. We have energy limits. We have attention span limits. Relational limits as well. Relational, ethical, moral limits, you could say. You know, if I'm an unfriendly person, if I'm unhelpful, if I'm irritable, you know, what's my social life going to be like? I might want a great social life, but if I'm that way, I'm not going to get it. I'm, I've got, there's limits. I can't always have everything I want. Now, if I'm friendly, helpful, if I bring something positive to an interaction, then what's my social life going to look like? Better, right? It's going to be more full, more rich, all right? So aware of limits and trade-offs, let's go back to the big question. What do you want? What do you want, Wes? What do you want, Mike? Jessica, what do you want? Rick, what do you want? Tony, what, what do you want? Big question, big question. And let's think not just today after church, but let's think about, you know, what do you want to be? What do you want to become? What do you want your life to look like? Again, tremendous opportunity and freedom to choose and to think about that and to consider that. What do you want? Now, I was wrestling with that question this week, and then, you know, I, it transitioned to another question, related question that helped me kind of put a handle on it. The question is this, your first fill-in, what is your target? What is your target? What are you aiming at? You need to set your target and then work toward that, and that's what you can become. 
a destination, right? I was listening to a podcast this week, and uh, the question came up for this guy. His name's Jocko. What a name, right? Jocko. Uh, what do you What do you want? What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, and there were some stories there, but then he got to this point, a focal point. He put that target in just a brief uh, phrase: "I want to be a good Navy SEAL." All right. He had set his target. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? I want to be a good Navy SEAL. He thought, well, maybe I want to be the best. And he's like, that might not be realistic. How about I'd be really satisfied with being a good Navy SEAL. That's his target. He joined the SEALs. Not easy to do. He got into there. Then he wanted to become an officer. And uh, he had to decide what to study because you need to be a, have a college undergraduate degree to be an officer. So he chose to be um, what major do you think he would choose? He could choose any major. He just needed an undergraduate degree. What would he choose, a Navy SEAL? What do you think? Spit, throw it out. History, yeah. History would be helpful. Poli sci, engineering, mechanical, you know, all those sorts of things. He decided to become an English major, which is a little bit like maybe not what I would think first of all, an English major. And the question is, well, why? Well, he looked around. He saw, what is a good Navy SEAL? He, he noticed, he observed, he said, a good Navy SEAL is someone who's able to understand what he's reading, these rules of engagement, which are really difficult, complex documents with legalese. I need to be able to read well, comprehend well, and distill it in a clear way, communicate it to my team. A lot of them that don't have that education, simplify it, make it clear, actionable. And if I want my guys to get an award, if I want us to be able to do a particular mission, I need to be able to articulate that clearly in written form to the, the guys above. All right, so he set a target. And then he moved to work toward that. And he realized, OK, this is what I need to do to get there. And this is how he moved through life. This is a great metaphor for us. Like, what is your target? What are you aiming at? What do you want? to be? Who do you want to become? Whatever you set your target on, either, either accidentally, unconsciously, or whatever, you will become that thing. What do you want to be? What do you want? Such a big, wow, that's just a radical question. Now, it may shift over time, but are you intentionally setting a target? Can you articulate it to somebody? If not, man, this summer, this would be a good time. Spend some time thinking about what do I want and bringing that to God who knows you, who loves you, who knows how things work. He is wisdom. He created this thing. He knows you. He knows what he's created you to be. He, he has great insight. So spend the time intentionally with God Ask him, what do I want to be? Discuss that with him. As I thought about that God piece, which is a big piece, is a good place to go there, um, I, I started to ask the question, well, what does God want? You know, what do we want? Well, what does God want? What does God want? Well, got a couple of passages that I looked it up, want, through the Bible, looked at what God wants. Here's a couple things he wants. First Timothy 2, 3 through 4, this is good. This, and he's talking about there, praying for the well-being of all kinds of people. This is good and pleases, listen, God our Savior, Jesus our Lord, pleases God our Savior who wants, what does he want? What does God want? What does our Lord and Savior want? 
He wants, listen, everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge, a recognition of the truth, of what's true, what's real, what actually is. He wants people to be able to come into the light. This is what God wants. He wants all people everywhere to be saved and to understand the truth. He wants to help you move from a place of separation from God to union with God. Death in sin, alive, forgiven, um, filled with the Spirit of God. That's, where, that's what God wants to do. That's what God is doing in the world. That's his mission. Again, repeat idea, 2 Peter, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord really isn't slow about his promise as some people think. Now, some people, uh, this is about the, the year 60, so a long time ago, uh, about 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, they're asking, hey, when's the Lord coming back? You know, he said he's coming back. When's he coming back? What, what's taking him so long? The Lord isn't really slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Why? Because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, to perish, but he wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to repent and be saved. Think about this. The year 60. It's now the year 2021. About 2,000 years has passed, roughly. All right? Thankfully, he's waited before returning because he's saved us. He's helped us come to that point of repentance and coming to life. All right, so he's, that's what he's doing in the world. He wants all to be saved. He wants everyone to repent. And God, okay, so that's what God wants. God wants all to be saved. And I said we have limits that we bump against, right? Well, God has some self-imposed limits. That's the difference between you and me and God, right? God can do whatever he wants, omniscient, all-powerful, eternal. All right, he has some self-imposed limits. Here's what I'm talking about. When Jesus said to people, remember, he's walking around Israel, he's going to town to town, he's calling people, he's inviting them, he's, he's demonstrating the kingdom of God is, is at work and in and through him. He's calling people to repentance. When people did not follow him, what did he do? Did he grab them? Like, no, you're coming with me. Did he... Um, force them? Did he plead with them? Did he use his power, he could have done this, to override their will? The rich young ruler, he went away sad. Many people just didn't even know he was there. Did the father of the prodigal son go chase his son down? Or did he let him go? until he went and wandered and got all the way to that point of eating the pods that pigs feed on until he came to his senses and turned back. Wild, right? We talk about God chasing us down, which we also get hints of that as well. That's true. We sang about it, and it's also true. You know, the shepherd leaves the 99 to get the one. All right, so we've got these two things going What makes me uncomfortable is how much God allows. He will let you and me go away, far away from him. He will let us wander. God wants all people to be saved. And, next film, God will not override your freedom to choose. So, 
back to the question, what do you want? What do you want? Now, when you think of that question, uh, it might be overwhelming, right? Wow, lots of options, right? Lots of options. What do I, you know, all sorts of things saying, choose me, choose this, choose us, you, you know? Lots of pulls. So Jesus helps narrow it down, all those options. He puts it into two big categories, two major options for us. Option one, the wide gate. Wide gate. Really big, wide gate. You might not even notice there's a gate there. It's so wide. Wide gate and the broad road. You know, 18-lane freeway. Is there such a thing? Maybe. Broad road. If you want, so listen, this is for you if you want. If you want to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. If you want to do whatever is right in your own eyes. If you want to get ahead and, you know, accomplish that thing no matter what that means. If it means lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it means, whatever it means possible to get that, if that's the way you want it. If you want to explore or use others to get ahead or to get what you want. If you want to just eat and drink, tomorrow we die. So, hmm. If you want that, if you want to suppress the truth about God and worship and serve created things instead of the creator, God will let you. If you want to be sexually active outside of marriage and pursue multiple romantic relationships, kind of do whatever you want to do, you can do that. God will let you do that. He'll allow it. He won't override your freedom. If you want to get high or trashed, whatever happens, I don't care because I don't care. If you want to do that, you can do that. If you want to express yourself in ways that harm yourself or others, I don't care what you think or feel. I want you to hear this. You can do that. You can be that. If you want to use your skills, abilities, rob, uh, skills, abilities, gifts to rob, steal, and destroy, God will let you. It's terrifying, right? The amount of freedom God gives us. Wow. That's why things are a mess, right? What are you up to, God? Why would you, why would you allow such freedom when it can cause such pain? That it does, that we see, that we hear on the news. So much freedom, so much room, such a broad road that God allows us to travel on. And as you go through that wide gate, as you start living on that broad road, guess what? You're going to hit some, some limits. Reality will not bend to your whim. You will hit some limits, and some of them really hard. Hard, painful limits. If you cheat on somebody... You care for, you're going to destroy that relationship. You're going to break trust. It's going to be hard to repair that. If you're selfish, but you want really good friendships, good luck. If you're selfish, you'll, you're going to become lonely, isolated. You will not enjoy good, loving, reciprocal relationships. Back to if you say whatever you feel like saying, if you say whatever you feel like saying whenever you want to say it, and don't apologize when you're wrong, and I don't care, you're going to be alone. If you use, exploit others, you will be used and exploited. Or, you know, if anyone sticks around, they're not going to trust you. If you criticize people harshly, guess what? People will criticize you harshly as well. If anybody's around anymore. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you for good or for ill. The broad road that many are on that leads us away from God. We don't even notice. Oh, it's a broad road. I don't even, where am I going? I don't know. It's broad. Let's go this way. We'll lead you away from God and we'll take you farther away, therefore, from the source 
the source, the immeasurable, eternal source of life and goodness and joy and peace and love. That's where we're drifting from. We're on that broad road. And then it gets worse, man. It gets worse. At the end of the day, Jesus wants us to know, after living this wide gate, broad road life, you're going to hit the hardest limit you ever hit. Listen to what Jesus said to those who were rejecting him, who were not accepting him, who were actually opposing him. Listen to what Jesus said to them. He says to them, I'm going away. Jesus is talking at that time about his death and resurrection and then ascension back to heaven. I'm going away, and you're going to search for me, but listen, you will die in your sins. You cannot come where I'm going. They can't come with Jesus to heaven because Jesus and heaven are one. You can't have God. You can't have heaven without God. You can't have God without Jesus. Jesus is God. You reject him, you're rejecting heaven. Life after with God in the new heavens and new earth. You can't come with me, he says. People ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You can't come where I'm coming. They didn't understand. They didn't understand him because they're not used to listening to him. They're not with him. All right, Jesus continued, you are from below. You're from the earth. You're born of the earth. I am from above. I'm from heaven. You belong to this world. You're still trapped in this broad road, wide gate world. You belong to this world. I do not. He belongs to heaven. This is why I said you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. You're going to remain in your sins. God will honor your choice to the very end. It's terrifying. It's, it's wow. It's, it's a hard reality. God will let you die in your sins, separated from God forever. If you want that, he'll let you have it. And then at the end of the age... Matthew 13, 41 through 43, the Son of Man, Jesus is saying to them, listen, the Son of Man, that's his way of referring to himself, it's a messianic title, the Son of Man will send out his angels, this is what's going to happen at the end of the age, the next big event, God's plan, will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin, and all who do evil, all who are just continuing in evil, and are choosing that. They will throw them, these angels will throw them into the blazing furnace, imagery around hell, around this destination, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, regret, anguish, bitterness, rage. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Don't neglect that message. Don't, don't, see where the broad road ends. Is that what you want? See where the narrow path ends. Is that what you want? Let's talk about that one. Because there's another option. Thank you, Lord. There's another option. A different target that you can set your aim on. Option two, the small gate. Small gate. Narrow road. Now, if instead you want to know God, to be in relationship with God, to know your maker, creator, if you want his spiritual life, that fire, that power, that love, that peace inside you. If you want to be at peace in yourself, to have a clear conscience, to sleep well at night. If you want to experience the good blessings of life. If you want to have good, loving, supportive, growing relationships, loving relationships. If you want to know what is good 
and right to do in, in this situation. If you need wisdom for that, you're unsure. If you want an adventure, it's on the narrow road, an adventure. Following Jesus, man, if you're going for it, if you're, if you're following him, that's adventure. He's going to bring you into some dark places, not to become darkness, but to shine his light. He's calling you into that noble fight of redeeming, rescuing the world. Follow Jesus. Say yes to him. Those little you know, moments of decision, those little assignments, watch where it leads you. You never know. It could be interesting. I've seen it, you know. I, I've, you know, living in India, that was an adventure. That was because I was following Jesus in that. Starting a ministry house in San Francisco with some deadhead kids, that was an adventure. Trust me, wow. Met a lot of interesting people, saw God work, and saw people receive God and amazing things happen, and saw people reject God and just continue down that road. So we see it here. It's fun. Following Jesus is an adventure. Jesus is saying, me to, want me to say this. Am I going to say it? Yes, I say it. Wow. Look at what happened. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to multiply God's good in the world, get on the narrow path. Go through the small gate. Follow Jesus. If that appeals to you, then listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying to you and me this morning, and maybe you, you don't know. Maybe you don't know where you were this week. Maybe you're aimlessly wandering. It happens. I have those days. I have those weeks. All right? If this appeals to you, this, this small gate, this narrow road, then listen to Jesus. This is Jesus speaking to you right now. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. The handle's on the inside. He won't push it open. You've got to open it up. Whoever opens that door to me, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. The maker, the creator, the eternal word of God wants to come in and have relationship with you and do life with you and lead you on the narrow path that leads to life. He's come to save us. He wants to save everybody. It's for everybody. And he's not going to override your freedom. He's not going to bang the door down. And he'll knock. He'll knock. If you want this, if you want that, listen to what Peter said, Acts 2.38. After Jesus' death, resurrection, uh, Pentecost, Holy Spirit falls on those disciples, fills them like Jesus said it would. Peter speaks to the crowd, the message about Jesus. And then they say, what do we do? Peter said, repent. Repent. Turn, turn away from that wide road. Get off it. You can get off it. It's not too late. Don't hesitate. Move from that broad road. Get on the narrow path. Go through the small gate, which is Jesus, the door. Go through him. Repent and be baptized. Mark it. Signal it. Make it a commitment. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What for? For the forgiveness of your sins, for the cleansing of those things that you were involved with on that broad road. There's cleansing for you. 
Yeah, there's shame, but Jesus is saying, I see, but I've made a way for you to be made new. Come, be cleansed, receive forgiveness of sins, be released of those things. Come out of the condemnation that is over you because of those things and come on the narrow path that leads to life. Do that and, listen, a gift. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's powerful personal presence in you, with you, sealed. This promise of forgiveness of the Holy Spirit is for you. Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, is for you and for your children. And for those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That's what he's doing in the world. That's what he wants. What do you want? What do you want? If you want that, here's the fill-in. Repent. Turn. Be baptized. Receive that cleansing. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today, for all whom the Lord our God will call, includes Holly Denny. Yes, she shared with me a little bit. I'll let her share with you. Holly Denny, why don't you come on up? And we're going to have a baptism. She heard Jesus calling, calling her back to the path. Here we go. Let me give you a mic. All right, I'm going to, um, I'll start with a little explanation of baptism. Baptism. Word baptize means to immerse. All right, immerse. When a person goes down into the water, when they're immersed into the water, it's a picture of the person being washed of their sins. It's a picture of the person dying to sin, dying to a life lived apart from God on that broad road. And when a person comes up out of the water, it's a picture of them being born again, coming to new life, emerging into new life, being born again, being clean and new before God, part of God's new creation. Why don't you share with us what got you to this point of being baptized? That'd be great. Hello, everybody. I'm Holly. I just want to say that I'm really thankful that my brother just so happened to be in town today um, and that it worked out to where he could be here for this. Um, so I was baptized when I was eight years old. Um, after this, I called myself a Christian, and at times, um, I believe I really did desire to know and grow with God. Over time in high school and college, I let poor choices seep into my life. Um, the key here for me is that I didn't learn from my mistakes and turn back towards God afterwards. I deliberately made choices and habitually lived outside of how God dictates for us to live. I saw what everyone else was doing and thought, okay, I can do both. I can show up to Sunday, 6 p.m. college service, pray for forgiveness, and then continue to act however else I wanted Monday through Saturday night. Um, James 4.4 says that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. At this point in my life, God would have looked at me and told me, depart from me, I never knew you. I was living as if 
obedience to God was optional. So I started coming to OCC um, in late January, and I've since rededicated my life to God. So that's great. Um, I want my, my new life to point towards God, um, not second to myself. I want him to be number one, um, so not second to myself or anyone else. I'm so thankful that Jesus died for my sins so that I can have ultimate freedom in him. Um, sin no longer has that hold on my life anymore. And I'm so excited to see how um, God plans to use my life going forward um, as I continue to submit to him daily. Hold on to the mic. Um, I'll take that so it doesn't get wet. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing. It's awesome. Welcome. Yes. All right, repeat after me. I turn away from. I turn away from. My old life lived under sin. My old life lived under sin. And turn to a new life. And turn to a new life. With God. With God. I receive the gift. I receive the gift. Of Jesus' sacrifice for my sins. Of Jesus' sacrifice for my sins. Listen, Holly, he's paid for them in full. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because of what he's done for you. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Risen from the dead. Risen from the dead. And now Jesus is Lord of my life. And now Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. All right. Now, is it your aim to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Your aim, your target, is that your aim? Yes, that all is right. my aim. Is it your aim now to love your neighbor as yourself? Yes. Will you join the mission that Jesus has given his church to make disciples? Yes. And she already has. She's helping with the youth. It's awesome. Now, OTC, church family, brothers and sisters in Christ, will you do your part? We're a body. We're not little individual things. Will you do your part? to help make this a good, loving, holy, Jesus-centered community that will help Holly and the rest of us grow in Jesus? If so, say yes. yes. All right, I like it. Okay, you get to get wet now. Hey. I'll take that. You can go ahead. I'm not getting in. You're getting in. <laughs> Well, we've heard your good confession. Thank you for sharing it with us. And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay, we baptize you. Dead to the old and alive in the new. You want to come up, Sarah, pray? Lord, we thank you for our sister, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You were there. You were there all along. You were knocking. Ignored you for a while. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for blessing her. We thank you for what you have ahead for her. We ask you to just fill her with an extra measure of your spirit, your power, your love. Just release your giftings in her, Lord God. Work through her. Work in her, Lord. Bless her. Amen. All right.
you help her out? <laughs> okay. Now maybe, maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you're, um, maybe you're on the narrow path, or you know, you're in a pretty good place this morning. And uh, I was kind of there this week, and so I was like, okay, what do I? What about me, Jesus? What, what do you want me to do? What do you call me to do? Came up with 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Listen to this. For you and me, brothers and sisters in Christ, do you not know? Remember, know this. That your bodies, your bodies, you know, all who you are, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in you. Whom you have received from God. You are not your own anymore. Right? You're not solo. You're not this autonomous thing anymore. You're not your own anymore. You were bought at a price, a high price. Therefore, brothers and sisters, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with all of who you are. Now, I love that word, honor. This is the encouragement for us today, this week. Think about that this week. Try to apply that this week. I was, rub I was rough wrestling with that this week. Take aim, Wayne. Set the target. What's the target? The target is honor Jesus in everything. Honor Jesus in everything. Honor Jesus in everything, Wayne. Now, that may sound burdensome. That may say, wow, how, gee, does that mean I'm praying and, and uh, fasting? And what does that mean? It just means in everything you do, everything you have to do, all the things of your life, all the tasks, all the situations, the, the things you love to do, the things you hate to do, in all those things, honor Jesus. Honor Jesus. Do it in a way that honors Jesus. When, you, when you're in a, with a difficult person, and they've done something that hurts you, offends you, annoys you. How are you going to respond? Honor Jesus in your response. When you're stressed out, you've got too many things, you're juggling too many balls, stop. Honor Jesus in how you respond to this. It works. It's, it's so applicable. It's so, I don't know. Oh, i got some free time. What am I going to do? Honor Jesus with your time. Just Whatever you're doing, honor him with it. You're on social media. You're, you're watching YouTube. Whatever you do for to chill out, honor Jesus in that. Honor the Lord in everything you do. It's not burdensome. It's good, man. I, I think God helped hold me in and restrain me from doing things the old broad pathway this week. Honor Jesus in everything you do. Let's pray. Lord, we want to do that. That's a great target. And if when we miss, help us get back on. Help us not give up. Oh, it's too hard. No, help us reset, set our aim, hit this target. We want to honor you, Jesus. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your love for us. You have given overwhelming evidence, proof that you love us and that your way is good. So help us follow you on that narrow path. Help us honor you in everything we do. We love you. We thank you for this time together. Amen.